What's up, babe? Dude, this is the fucking problem with the internet, and I'm not even being facetious about it. I could do what the host of Cheer Up, Babe, the podcast does. But let's read that one more time. Oh my God. I got aggressively too descriptive, and you saw it. And you're welcome. Happy Monday. What's up, Cubs? You're listening to episode 37 of Cheer Up, Babe, the podcast. I am your host, your El Confidant, your El Capitan, VJ Julio. This is episode 37, and you're tuning in. If you are listening to this on Monday, what's up? Happy Monday. And welcome to the Happy Monday Club. You guys are the shit. And if you're not on the Happy Monday Club, it's fine. You're still an OG Cub. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry. I think... I think the cutoff for the OG Cubs, if you started listening after episode 25, I think that's the cutoff. But here's the deal. Once we hit episode 100, everyone that was in the is in the game, everybody that came into the den before episode 100 is an OG Cub, but we haven't reached that milestone yet. So now we have to push the bar back. All right. And then, of course, if you're a coworker of mine from my job, what's up? Get over in the corner. Cucks of Cheer Up Babe, the podcast. Listen from in the corner. You can't say anything about it. You just got to watch from over there. And we know that. And that's the, that's the rules. And I don't make them. I just say them. But this is episode 37. Dude, we're going to kick off episode 37 with a little bit of Cub Corner. A little bit of Cubs in the wild. I say it once. I say it a thousand times. All right, you guys make my week with this shit, okay? When you guys are just out there being OG Cubs and then you come to Papa Bear and you throw some stuff at me that are some nice kinds of words of affirmation and kindness, I go, Cubs are the shit. Cubs are the shit. And that's what it's about on this podcast. It's about having a fun time. It's about an hour of your day to just relax, reuse, reduce, recycle. And you're just here to have a good time and that's what we do all right so these these both came from comments on the socials this week and i was just like you know what people say so many nice things about this podcast we're doing cub corner again and i'm picking these two because they caught me in a great mood and they warmed my heart in the moment and i loved it first one homie robert miller what's up brother probably shouldn't have said your last name for secretive purposes how do i know if you are in witness protection or not you know probably shouldn't have said probably shouldn't have said the full name so robbie hey you probably just fucking hated that that's probably like when people try to throw the vj nicknames at me and i go (laughs) that was my first fist fight in the second grade okay when people ask me about did you ever get called this when you were younger because my name's vj i mean i don't even have to say it too easy right too easy but when people ask me about those nicknames they go I go, yeah, of course I did. It's the entire reason that I got into my very first fist fight ever of all time in the second grade. And they go, oh. And the thing that they don't do is guess the nickname. They don't spin that into a game show (laughs) called Guess the Nickname. And it's the perfect period to that sentence when I get asked that question. So, but regardless, Robert, Rob for short, Robbie for cool. Okay, homie left a comment talking about how he found the podcast, enjoys the podcast. But listen to this little look. Listen to this little excerpt, dude. Homie made my whole day with this shit. Seriously, I used to not look forward to Mondays. Dot 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 dot. Five dots. Robert took a deep pause on that one until a few weeks ago. Keep up the great work, both on and off the mic. I mean, dude, what? First of all, you don't even know what my private life is like. You don't even know. You don't even know what the personal life is like out here. How do you know that I'm just not snorting heroin and murdering people, but then once a week I come and I sit down and I have a podcast? Now, I appreciate it. because Well, actually, I just answered my own question because I talk about how well my life is doing every single week when I sit down to talk about this podcast. So, hey, thanks. Hey, thanks. I tried to spin into a joke, but literally the entire impetus of this podcast is we talk about the week, and in that week it talks about, yeah, that was a stupid fucking comment, Vincent. Dumb. Dumb asshole. This guy. But Robert, genuinely, seriously, I used to not look forward to Mondays, dot, 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 until a few weeks ago. My man, okay? That's what we're here for. I'm here to brighten your Monday. You're in the fucking happy Monday club. 
And here's a little fucking tidbit for you, brother. When the new merch drop happens in January, I need a DM. You're getting a t-shirt. Okay. That just is what it is. You're getting, you're getting a t-shirt full frizzle. You're getting a t-shirt purely Miss Frizzle Mag- Magic School Bus. And that's because you warm my heart. You warm my heart. You get free shit. I'm a giver. But obviously, I am going to forget that. So I need you to message me about it when the merch drop happens in January 2022. Ugh, isn't that sick that it's 2022? Isn't it sick that in November of 2022, I'm going to turn 30? old old af i might as well be fucking 55 that's how it feels but god in 2022 i'm gonna be 30 years old that's so gross but robert bro rob for short robbie for cool you're the man make sure you hit me up with the message when that shit happens and then also another cup corner another cup shout out i'm gonna overuse the shit out of this button already way too soon Now, here's the deal, baby gorgeous. And yes, I'm talking directly to you, Aya. I am going to fuck up your name. But you got to know. You got to know that from the depths of your man's heart. By the way. By the way. Quick little sidebar. It's no longer. I'm never, ever, ever, ever going to say your boy again. Because we know that when I do that, I stop the podcast and I do punishment push-ups. That's what I do. When I call myself your boy, I stop the podcast and I do punishment push-ups because I hate it so fucking much. But your man's sounds a lot cooler. And since your man's sounds a lot cooler, that's what I'm going to say in reference to myself. And I still hate myself for it. Period. Point blank end of story. But when I have to tell a story about myself, I've got to refer to myself as yours because I belong to all of you, which sounds like some sort of weird, creepy fourth wall bullshit, but your man's is going to fuck up your name. Okay. So what I'm going to do as I talk about you, babe, is I'm going to say like four different names and then you just let me know which one's right. All right, Aya. Now, Aya Akareb. All right. Left such a nice comment, she had to double comment, and it just it just made my heart grow ten sizes that day. Aya Kirib left me the nicest fucking comment, just randomly, just with no no reasoning behind it at all, and it was also so far down the fucking socials feed that she was just swiping through the clips. She was just she was just getting a little bit of cheer up, babe, the podcast in on her day, just listening to the absolute fucking ridiculous rantings of a madman, you know. And she says, you're helping my ADHD procrastination. First of all, I'm right there with you, babe. I get it. Feel that really, really hard every single day. You're helping my ADHD procrastination and get out of my rut. I get so much shit done while listening to you and fucking enjoying myself. Yeah, babe. Impetus for the entire audio experience. Heart emoji, hands up emoji, prayer emoji. Aya is not done. She goes on to say, so much that it's my number one go-to, quote, okay, let's get up, turn those thoughts off, listen to VJ, laugh and get shit done, end quote, podcast. Thank you. Now, you say that that is the title that my podcast falls under in your brain. It's your number one go-to, okay, let's get up, turn those thoughts off, listen to VJ, laugh and get shit done, podcast. Now, my only thing about that is that's definitely for sure 100% the only podcast that's ever going to fall into that category. Now, if you were looking for a, okay, let's get up, turn those thoughts off, listen to VJ laugh and get shit done podcast, and you were listening to the fucking Joe Rogan experience, that would be super fucking weird. But then you put another heart emoji and a thank you, and I'm just like, (laughs) the Cubs are the best. Welcome to the den. Now, here's my only qualm about sending you free shit is you don't even live in America based off of your bio. If you do live in America, free shit for days. Okay. It's rain and free shit. But since you don't, and since I already threw Robert under the bus with his last name, I don't even want to say where you're from. But since you don't, I feel like I can't send you free shit. But hey, shout outs to you, babe. You made my whole fucking week. Both of you, all of y'all are the shit and that's the end of the, that's the, end of the sentence. Now, on this week's episode of What Made Me Cry. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I, uh... I used to have this like internal battle with crying, right? Like straight up. I used to have this internal battle with like, no, 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 men don't cry. You know, we, we don't cry from pain. 
My dad always raised me like, you never cry from pain. Obvi. Obvi, right? Look at my neck. You think that this neck was fortified underneath a man who said that it's okay to fucking cry all the time? Absolutely not. You only get the neck of a bully in the 80s from not, from fucking, this is where all of my uh, pain crying from childhood is stored. And I'm making my dad sound really bad. But that, <laughs> you don't cry from pain, okay? You cry when you're happy and you cry from big emotion, okay? Now, those are the two things. Now, when I was a kid, I just interpreted that as you don't cry if you're sad. Now, obviously, as a kid, misinterpret, misinterpreted it. So I just locked that shit down all the time. And then, as we know, had a daughter, emotionally open, cry all the time, still residual childhood shit of like, don't cry. Also, probably don't talk about crying. Also, don't tell thousands of people how you cry. Don't do those things because you're going to look weak. But here's the fucking, that's not right. Because in almost every instance when I cry, it's because my heart was touched for a second by something that's going on with my family, right? So there's, I have no qualms with that shit. And on this week's episode of Why Did I Cry? Now we know that my daughter is a certified 14-month-old genius. We know that baby girl princess angel face is a certified genius. What was her first word? books. I mean, (laughs) I don't mean to brag, but let me put on my fucking bragging hat for a second. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. So we have our nightly routine with the baby girl. Now we don't have a nightly routine with the brand new baby girl, princess baby angel face, because she's brand new baby. It's we're just kind of on her schedule still, but we have the schedule for the firstborn. And part of that schedule includes 30 minutes of wind down time, sitting in her room, either playing with toys or reading so many fucking books that I want to claw my eyes out. Because actually, you know what? We're going to side note another book conversation at the end. Remind me when I'm finished telling you this part that I wanted to make another point about books. Okay. When I finish this, remind me about the fucking book point I wanted to make. But there was a night this week. So what I do is I lay on my belly in her room, okay? And then she'll like bring stuff to me and interact with me. And then when it's book time, when she's on book mode, she has an entire bookshelf full of all these like little kids books. And she usually piles anywhere from four to 47 of them in front of us. And then we'll be halfway through one book and she'll just hand me a new book. And then that's the book we're reading then. But this night was really sweet. So I was on my belly, posted up on my elbows, right? And she popped a squat right in between my arms. So her back is essentially resting on my shoulder. And I'm holding a book out in front of her while she's sitting on the ground. And I'm reading books. And the one thing that we do when we read books is I'll automatically hold the next page with my finger. Because she likes to flip the pages. And then when she points to the left page, that's when I start reading. That's part of our little schedule with the books. It's like helping her understand the flow of books a little bit more. So I read, left page, right page. I have my finger underneath the next page. She flips the page and then points, and then I read that next section. And we're on like book number three. And her attention span has stayed locked in for three books at this point. My attention span is slipping, but that's beside the point. I'm reading to her in kind of a soft tone, and we're just kind of doing the wind down thing. And her little back is leaned up against my shoulder. So she's just chilling. You know, she's not leaned forward, going crazy, grabbing the next book. We're just in pure relaxation mode. And I'm reading her about this little blue truck. And her back is leaned against my right shoulder. So her left hand comes up and it grabs the side of my face. And she just kind of leaves it there. So she's, her shoulder's on the right side of my face. Her arm is looped underneath my face and her hand is resting on the left side of my face and she's just kind of tickling the left side of my face, right? And I'm still just reading. I I notice how sweet that is, that little, little show of just like affection is so sweet in that moment. And I finish reading the page and I'm holding the one page up with my finger and I go, flip it, babe. And she turns. And she does this thing when she wants to get your attention. She'll turn her head sideways so that she like gets her eyes in front of your eyes. 
So she turns her head to me and she leans her head forward. So I look up at her and she goes and gives me a kiss and then leans back into my shoulder and flips the page. I fucking lost it. Lost it. You got the sweet little cheek caress. You got the, I finished the page, turn the page. And she goes, before we turn the page, it was like her little 14 month old way of saying, I love you, daddy. Like, dude, if you didn't think I read the next page like this. <laughs> and, <clears throat> and then the little blue truck. <laughs> Oh, these little girls have my fucking heart, man. These little girls have my whole heart. Just, I'll tell you one thing. If you're not a parent, those are the best moments. Watching your kid grow up is amazing. Watching them develop and then start watching them show emotion and affection and love. And you feel a little bit proud because with her showing that, it I mean, she's learning everything, right? So she's learning these things from somewhere. So there'll be some days where we have Gracie and Charlotte and it's almost like we're torn in two, like we're, we're trying to give enough attention to both of them at all times. And it feels really, really tough. It feels like we're kind of dropping the ball some days, right? Like that's the hardest thing. It's because when we just had Gracie, when we just had one, it was all focus, like telescope, just Everything, every moment of the day was about her. And then you have two and you just got to do your best to not get down on yourself when you know that the attention has to be split some days. It's super easy to get down on yourself and be hard on yourself when you're a parent just doing your best. <laughs> but the two babies is a fucking game changer. Now, I wouldn't change it for the world, though, because I mean, like I said, they have my whole heart. So <laughs> But what was I, uh, what did I, oh yeah, thank you for reminding me, that's right, let's talk about fucking children's books for a second, because here's the deal, I ran up and I got three books out of Gracie Girl's room, because we have to do some examples, we have to have some fucking conversations about children's books, bottom line, we have to have, some, we have, to have a chit chat or two, okay, because guess what, deadbeat dads aren't the norm anymore, we talked about it like two episodes ago, there are more good dads than bad dads, I feel, I feel. And so I feel like it needs to start being represented in literature of children. First things first, when I read books to Gracie, if I'm a little bit hyper and it's not wind down time, I'm going to ad lib certain phrases and words. Think of like a rapper in the studio, right? And then he'll, re he'll drop the verse, but then you come in back on the verse and you just add words on the back end of the song. Like, it'll be like, you know, I hit your bitch with the left hook, left hook, the left hook. I ad lib left hooks into my daughter's story time sometimes when I'm feeling a little bit salty about the book that we're reading. For example, this one's called I Love You More by Michelle Courtney. Michelle Courtney, you have two first names. Get the fuck out of my face. So it starts off opening page. You open it up. You have a deer nestled up to a little baby deer. Now here's already the problem. The mama deer supposedly has spots. So essentially what this means, if you know anything about deer, those fucking deers is if they have spots, they're still a fawn, which is the baby word for deer. Cause I know all about wildlife. So essentially what it looks like is a fawn holding a fawn, but no, it's supposed to be the mom. It's supposed to be the mom. Now, I've read this book to her a few times because it's one of her favorites because the pictures are so cute. And there's not a mention of daddy-o one time in the book. So I start ad-libbing. And I'm going to ad-lib a little bit for you. I'm going to give you an example on what it's like when I have a salty reading book session with my daughter. The day you were born, I held you tight. My little angel, so full of light. But look around. Nowhere to be found is dad. He's not in sight. That was my ad lib. My ad lib was the last stanza. Turn the page. Now mama is pushing her nose to baby deer. Biggest eyes of all time. So fucking cute. 
I love your wiggle toes and your button nose. Each day together, my love for you grows. And I thank the skies for no more lies from your dead Pete dad, who I despise. See, that was that was the, the last part is the part I added. See what I'm saying? Because where's dad? There's all this cutesy tootsy lovey dovey shit with mama, which is awesome, which is awesome. But hey, as dad, I want to see a little bit of dad. I feel like 96% of the books only about mama how about no you know what wrong i i'm wrong already in my accusation i don't want to see books about dad i want to see books about parents i want to see the books with mom and dad are a unit and they raised me together equally and they love me both equally and i love them face caresses attention grabbing kisses okay you know you do so much that i adore each step you take i love you more and I kicked your dad straight out the door. We don't worry about him anymore. So there we go. I love you higher than the tallest tree. I love you beyond the endless sea. But your dad had an affair and it's just you and me. I love you like the earth loves rain. My love is as warm as the sun when it shines again. So too many syllables, bad rhyme. That wasn't even my rhyme. That was the rhyme from the book. Too many syllables. Okay. Did you hear how that flowed? I love you like the earth loves rain. My love is as warm as the sun when it shines again. Reaching. Reaching. As the mountain is sure, my love is always there. Like the smell of spring flowers in the air. It's hard to imagine I could love you more. You are everything I could ask for. I love you more. Each and every day, I love you more in every single kind of way. And dad's not here, so don't ask why. Because the reasons will make me cry. You see, you see how it's fucked up? Where's dad? Now, the sound of my heart. So fucking cute. Now, this one is, I get a little bit more because if you're thinking about the sound of my heart, you think of like, I, my brain jumps to the baby in the womb, listening to mama's heartbeat for nine months, you know? So then when... That's why babies get so calm on mama's chest, because first of all, the pheromones and the skin to skin and the love and the affection and the attention. So cute. But also they know mama's heartbeat pattern. So that also soothes them because that's literally what their consciousness was born into. And that's so fucking cute. So adorable. However, dad also has a heartbeat. Okay. Dad also has a heartbeat. Now this book. Down in the burrow, snuggled up tight, little bun and his mama settled down for the night. The blanket was soft and the bed was so warm, but outside the burrow, woo-woo, went a storm. Hey, if it's storming outside, where's dad for comfort? Did dad get picked off by a hunter or three? Where's that? Look, we're not going to read that whole book because it's just, it is what it is. All right. It is what it is. I feel like there's a slight prejudice against dads in the literature for children. Now, and then you have... Ass Clown Jimmy Fallon. Now, prior to what we're going to discuss, I did not think of him as Ass Clown Jimmy Fallon. I thought of him as Jimmy Fallon, super charismatic guy that can talk to anybody from the late night show or the tonight show or whatever the fuck, you know, the most chameleon motherfucker of all time that can have a conversation with anybody. As long as you just agree with everything that they say, you make for a perfect late night host and his clips on YouTube are entertaining. That's what I thought of Jimmy Fallon. All right. I had no qualms with the guy. And then he put out this book called Dada. And I have cons some fucking conspiracy theories about Dada. Okay. The title of the book is called Your Baby's First Word Will Be Dada by Jimmy Fallon. Here's the thing. My baby's first word was books. So why don't you lick the left side of my nutsack, Jimmy Fallon? Okay. Don't. Don't guess. Also, let's just talk about the cover art. And this is like my main qualm with the whole... Well, actually, no. This is my second main qualm with the book, front to back. The animation is like cartoonish, kind of like paper craft looking pictures. And it always shows dad next to like a younger version of the same animal. It's all different animals, right? Now, if you look at the cover, all right, there's baby and it looks wide eyed and afraid. And then there's dad who literally has a frown on his face and has angry eyebrows. What the fuck? My conspiracy about this book is that they're trying to just say that dad's always going to be fucking grumpy and yelling at you. I hate that so much. I can't even explain it. Now, that's my second main qualm 
with the book. The number one main qualm with the book is the actual contents of the book. I was like, fuck yeah, book. It's called Dada. It's, it, maybe this one will be about a Dada's love. You know, how much dad loves you. Maybe it'll be something like that. And then you open the book. The first page is the same cow that's on the cover of the book with the frowny face and the angry eyebrows. And it says, Dada, with an exclamation point, like he's yelling, right? And then the baby cow, also on the cover, not trying hard at all, says, Moo. And then you turn the page and it says, except for it's two sheep, it says, Dada, with an exclamation point. And then the next page, the baby says, Bah, right? And in this page, the dad looks sad. So either dads are going to be depressed and sad or they're going to be angry and yelling. Awesome message. Awesome message. And then here's the third page. You turn the page again and it's two ducks. And this duck is saying dada with an exclamation point. And then the baby on the next page is saying quack. And this dad has a wide eyed off into the Verizon type of stare. So, so far, the projection of dads has been angry and violent sad and depressed and blissfully unaware aka dumb as a fucking box of rocks right then we turn the page and i think this is supposed to be a b i think it's supposed to be a b but i can't tell because the fucking animation is so shitty all right and this b is saying dada with an exclamation point and then the baby on the next page says bzzz. Now I understand the concept of the book. The concept of the book is all these different animals trying to get their kids say dada, right? And their dada's just not getting it. All right. Now we we could do this for fucking 20 more pages or we can just deal with it. You get to the last page and all of the little baby animals that have been on the second page of every page, it says dada. And then it shows the animals with smiles on their faces, which just kind of shows that, first of all, when you're Jimmy Fallon, you don't even have to give a fucking fi flying figgity fucking try. You don't even have to make an attempt to write a book and you'll make a million dollars off of it. And then also your dad is going to be sad or mad at you until you do what he wants, which once again, lick the left side of my nutsack on that one, Jimmy Fallon. Not great. Not cool. And your man's doesn't appreciate it. I'm going to write a children's book. I'm going to write a children's book and it's not going to be about dads. It's going to be about a parental unit. And the title is going to be called Cheer Up Babe. Oh my God, let's do it. Just through that, just fucking thought of that. We're going to do that. I'm going to write a children's book. It's going to be called Cheer Up Babe. Or it's going to be called, let's see how this works out. <laughs> One of those two titles, and it's going to be about a parental unit, and it's going to be about teaching kids about how to learn from their emotions and deal with their emotions. Holy shit. That wasn't even like something that I pre-wrote down. I just thought about that. Now, this next little thing I want to talk about is, uh, hmm, how can I say this? It is problematic for me to, to go ahead and discuss this because here's the deal. Your man's knows. That 86% of the people that are listening to this podcast are badass women. I know that. I get the demographics. I see it. And the, and the thing that I want to discuss has to do with a video that I found of a girl talking about things that are misogynistic. Now, let's go over why it's problematic. It's problematic because A, I have a penis. And anytime that a guy tries to talk to a girl... When the girl is trying to talk about misogyny, it's problematic in and of itself because naturally there is a defense mechanism that's going to go off for women because it's like, you're a guy, fuck off, stay in your lane, which let me tell you, I agree. I agree. Now, what I don't agree with is trying to fill the word count to the paper. When you add shit, that's not a good point when you're trying to make a stance on something. You're filling the word count to the paper. Either everything's got to be about it and you have to hashtag peg the patriarchy <laughs> with facts or just don't put out the video. All right, because we're going to go over this video of this girl who it's kind of like anytime a man tries to talk to a woman about being a woman like I'm about to do 
naturally the defense mechanisms go up and you shut down you're not open to conversation but i want to have an open discussion about this video that i found now it was on instagram or it was on youtube shorts which i know what you're thinking you watch those i guess i guess i did this day Okay, these are some things that are super misogynistic that you probably have never even realized before. And it needs to stop. That part, that part right when there, that part right there just kind of set the tone for the whole video, right? So could have 110% not put the uh, second part because the opening is fine. The opening's fine. Who really cares about the opening? She's just setting up the video. This part. Okay, these are some things that are super misogynistic that you probably have never even realized before. Beautiful opening. Because that clip is ending. At this point, I'm like, ooh, I, I, I'm, always, I'm always open to learn. Especially for the fact that I have two daughters now. I'm always open to learn about certain things that I might not have known about in the past that might be misogynistic that I need to maybe open my brain to a little bit. And then she cuts that clip and adds in this extra clip. And it needs to stop. The camera was closer to her face. She had a super condescending smirk on her face. And she nodded while she said it. Real Karen vibes. Real Karen vibes. All good. All good. I'm still here to learn. Now, you definitely tainted the opening with that Karen vibes. But it's all good. I'm still here to learn. Let's, let's learn some things that I might not know. When guys only respect women that they find attractive. Agree agree with that that is misogynistic now i feel like it is just kind of oh all guys only respect women that they find attractive not true now the problem that we're going to run into with this video is i'm going to be talking about me personally and the guys that i know personally and she is doing the all men thing which i get it you got to deal with averages when you're making blanket statement videos and it's fine now absolutely men should respect all women that just is how it goes but what about the opposing side of men actually treat women that they find attractive worse based on like catcalling and shit like that. That's a thing, right? That's a thing, isn't it? The fact that being called too girly is an insult, but if a guy is too manly, it's praised. Gonna have to disagree with this one. Now, the problem with this is I'm a guy and I feel like this entire thing is going to be a mansplaining thing, but that's not how I want it to come off. But that's how it's going to come off because I have a penis and it's fine, but we're just going to get through it. Listen to this with an open heart and an open mind. I think that being too manly is a bad thing. I feel like men nowadays are actually being taught a little bit more, at least from the past generation, on how to deal with their emotions and how to be a little bit more emotionally open. I almost feel like I, being called too manly would be a dick. And also, is being called too girly like an insult? Like if a girl's like too girly, that's it. That's an insult? That's something I genuinely did not know. I would never think that calling a girl too girly is, is an insult in any capacity. But then again, I'm not a girl. I've never, I, I never had to worry about that. So maybe it's, so there you go. There's the first thing I learned. Being called too girly. If you call a girl too girly, that's an insult. I didn't know that. Fan girls are called crazy or insane. But if a man is a huge fan of a sports team, he's called loyal. Fuck that. If you, it's like that fucking joke from, I think it's Chris D'Elia. If you wear a jersey with a guy's name on your back, that guy legally gets to fuck you. That's the rules. Now, I'm not a fan of anything. That's like one of my things. I'm not a big fan of anything because I don't think that anything should get the amount of praise where I'm like fucking losing my mind about it. Guys that are huge fans of sports don't have enough going on. Cucks. That's how I feel. Guys that are like... Now, I have this project for work that needs to get done, and I had this date night scheduled with my wife, but the fucking Packers are playing, and Aaron Rodgers is healthy again, so I have to skip all that shit. Cucks. <laughs> the entire Packers team should be able to run a train on you if you are fucking... <laughs> Look, you, one thing you also got to understand is guys watching sports, that's kind of our only source of decompression. And also, if you're a fangirl about a band, fuck yeah, get it. As a guy, I just want to say, if you're a huge fangirl about fucking Chris Evans, yeah, get it and I get it. You know what I'm saying? I think the main problem with this is she's trying to tackle too many different versions of dudes. So it's kind of not 
not all the points are hitting with me personally. With me personally, not all the points are hitting because it's a bunch of different versions of dudes, which I guess in its own right is a multiple stemmed problem across the fucking board that has to deal with men. So I kind of get the broad general generalization of that. But as a guy, I don't agree that it's called loyalty when you're a fan of sports. I think it's called cucking out for the basketball team. I think that's what it's called. When a guy buys condoms, it's a good thing and it's safe and it's smart and it's being responsible and being educated. But when a girl buys condoms, it's like inferred that she's an SLUT. I'm nitpicking now, but just say it, you know, just say slut. Just say it. But no, she's not. I don't know. This just feels super projecty. You know, this just feels like this girl has a shitty past and has ran into a, a couple shitty dudes, which I understand. We're all victims of our own experiences, right? But if I saw a girl buying condoms, I wouldn't think, look at that hoe bag. I would think, you know what I would think? Legitimately, if I was at a, if I was at a fucking quick trip and there's a girl in front of me in the checkout line and she's buying condoms, I go, Lucky fucking dude. Fuck yeah, brother. She has a date night with her mans and her mans is getting lucky. And by her purchasing the condoms, it looks like she's initiating it. Fuck yeah. Awesome. You guys go have some fun. That's what I think when a girl buys condoms. When a girl buys condoms, you guys think slut? Every single one of these points, if you agree with one of these points and you're a dude, hey, stop. If you think that a girl buying condoms makes her a slut, you're wrong. Just think, <laughs> lucky. That's what I think. Huh. Lucky. You should really smile more. Now that one, a hundred percent I agree with because that's so condescending. If you're a dude and you fucking go to a girl and she's having a little bit of a day and you go, you should smile more. You deserve to get kicked in the dick. I know that just as a dude, if someone like the whole fucking you should smile more thing or what's wrong. <laughs> Boiling lava hot behind the ears, right? Diaper changing stations only being in women's restrooms. That's misogynistic? That doesn't seem like it would... Now, legitimately, I'm trying to think through this one. Is that misogynistic? I feel like that's the opposite of misogynistic, which is... I don't even fucking know that word. Isn't it like misin misan misandristic? Misandry? Misandry? I don't fucking know. It's something like that. But isn't that more fucked up to not put it in dudes' rest restrooms? Kind of like going back to the books thing. Like, I'm a dad. I will change my kid's diaper in a public bathroom. You know what I mean? Like, I have that need to. Is that misogynistic? Because as a guy, I would like there to be changing tables in the men's bathroom so that I could change my kid's asses when they need it. But I don't know. Is that... Hmm. The fact that I literally can't go out alone when it's nighttime. Yeah, a hundred fucking percent. As a guy, that's something I'll never understand. And as a guy who's married to a shorter but beautiful woman, and now I have two daughters, yeah, I get that one a hundred percent. And that's just piece of shit fucking dudes. Also, I'm not hating on men or blaming men or anything. I'm literally just stating the facts and it's pathetic. Well, uh, that felt contradictory. Did, was that, did that feel contradictory at the end? Because she said she's not hating on men, but she's stating facts. And then she said pathetic. I feel like if you, okay, look, what? My point is, if you're going to be about it, be about it 100%. Don't use the filler points. I feel like the whole reason that that video didn't hit was A, the Karen, very, very Karen energy through the whole thing. And then B, the points that you're making about dudes aren't, it feels very blanket statement-y, which I guess is the right way to go about it when you're making a blanket statement type of video. But the, but the juxtaposition on the types of guys that were being discussed is kind of like across the board. Also, is it misogynistic for there not to be changing tables in a guy's bath bathroom? Is that misogynistic? The bottom line is this. We need to come together a little bit more. All right, now guys obviously need to do a lot fucking better. But I feel like we're trending in the right direction. 
And yet I say that and I know that that's just an individual bias based off of my own self and like me wanting to be better for my family. So I, I just I hope that it's a kind of across the board. We need to fucking be better as a as a group of people rather than so divisive where it's like women hate men and men hate women and husbands are pieces of shit and guys are emotionally broken and all women are crazy. It's like you got to find your person and just focus on your person, I think. I think rather than having a few bad experiences with the opposite sex, tainting your viewpoint for all of the opposite sex going forward and just giving you a natural hate for, hatred for the counterpoints in your life, because it's not necessarily opposite sex, like it's girl to girl, it's guy to guy, but your counterpoint to your life, your partner, you just got to find a, the right partner. And rather than having a few bad experiences and calling it quits and throwing your hands up in the air and being like, I just want to change all fucking guys. You don't, you're not going to, you're not going to change all men. You're not going to change all women. You just need to find the right one because there's so many different types of people and so much diversity in characteristics and personality. Maybe, maybe to circle it back to a previous episode, you need to pull your line out of the water, change your bait, recast fishing analogies that's what we do that's what we're good for on the show we're good on knowing what deer look like when they're no longer children and we're good at fishing analogies that's what we're good on the show on this fucking podcast i mean i gotta stop calling it a show but i feel like the more that we give up and just base the rest of our lives off of a few shitty experiences the worse it's going to get and the more divisive it's going to get. That starts at relationships and like your natural bias towards people that you're looking to date and marry. And that trickles into fucking everything in our lives from the politics to the media to everything. Right. And it's because I've, I think the impetus for it is that people are just kind of giving up and they're being like, I'm not doing anything until everything changes. You just got to find your correct people. You just got to find your points. Try to make your circle a little bit smaller and a little bit higher quality. But I just, I was scrolling and I saw that video and I just kind of went, God, all this shit is so sad. It's just so sad. It's just so negative. Like people got to understand that as long as they don't give up, they're going to find what they need. You, you're never going to find what you need when you just stop. Oh, fuck that. I had a few bad experiences. Ah, it's fucking, it's, it's all worthless anyways. So be better, do better. You know what I'm saying? Keep fucking looking, keep fucking fighting. You're going to get what you need and what you want in this life. As long as you just keep going. And I'm getting way too fucking introspective for cheer up, babe, the podcast. But sometimes I come across a video and it hurts my heart a little bit for the public, for people, for society. It hurts my heart a little bit. And I just wish that we just had a little bit more fight in us for our own personal lives. Every you all deserve better. Everyone deserves the best, the best possible outcome for your own individual life. You deserve it, but it's not going to come if you just throw your hands up in the air and go, everything is broken. Okay. And I feel like we can move on from this. So let's, uh, let's do some, let's do some unqualified dad advice, babe. You know how we do it. We're on, we're on the advice column on Reddit and we're going to laugh at the internet a little bit. And we're also going to see if some people need some legitimate help. And I just clicked into the advice subreddit on Reddit and the top pinned comment by pinned by the moderators of this thread says COVID-19 posts and comments are no longer allowed on this subreddit. It's everywhere. COVID-19 posts and comments are no longer allowed on the subreddit. That's crazy, dude. It's everywhere. We're going to scroll. We're going to stop. Hold on. I got to adjust a little bit. I want to lean forward, get in action a little bit. So we have, uh, this is one is from Fabulous Funny Ken. Hey, another name that's an actual fucking name. Ken, is Ken your actual name? Well, it's fabulous and it's fun. Me. Ways to boost my fiance's self-confidence. Okay. Let's just jump right into it. Hi, all Hope it's okay to ask here. Smiley face emoji. Cute. Start. I'm trying to find more ways to boost my fiance's self-confidence. She is stunningly beautiful, but because she's had some illness, parentheses, on and off, ongoing, and parentheses, and some fluctuations in weight and has always had some past abuse from an ex, she doesn't feel pretty or comfortable with her body all the time. She's short, 
cute, has a lovely shape, and I find her stupidly gorgeous. I do lots of things to boost her self-esteem where I can. Asking the woman here, if I may, what sort of other things help in these situations? Thanks in advance. Now, you ended it by saying you're asking the women, which that leads me to believe that we should read the replies to this rather than me give my own advice. If I was to give like one little snippet snippet of advice, however, it I would say um, be a little more hypersexual with everything. Like with my wife, since she has had her baby, she is dealing with the same types of things, dude. And she'll make comments about her body. And I, you know, I, I, I don't disregard her feelings toward herself or anything like that. I tell her that how beautiful I find her. But the most important way I feel that has worked the best for me and our relationship is when that's not the topic of discussion, I hit on her hard as fuck. Like when we're just laying on the couch, I just say egregious sexual things to her just, just randomly. We'll be just fucking watching Yellowstone and I'll just throw out a fucking thing. There's nothing going on on the show that could have reminded me to say something. There's nothing at all. It's just a random two sentencer where I just say something so egregious and it makes her blush and she goes oh my god but what that does is it instills in her how attractive I really find her and that's how you got to do it you, you got to pepper it in randomly throughout the day keep that girl's confidence up for sure because it's the truth it's the truth but it's also it's hard to remember to do that as a guy when it's not the topic of discussion so whenever it enters your brain say it say it but i i want to see the replies to this and the first one is you might have to lick her asshole reddit is the worst place on the entire internet and it's just that's the first pin you got this sweet guy who's jumping in here trying to ask a little bit of advice on how to keep his girl's confidence up a genuine heartfelt fucking guy comes in and the first comment is you might have to lick her asshole so I mean, he's not wrong, but also not the what he was asking for, you know. I mean, every now and then you might have to, you know. You want to get her confidence up, go everywhere. Go anywhere and everywhere at all times. Let's cheer up, babe. The podcast approved. <laughs> this next reply says, honestly, not even sure if this is good advice, but here it goes. All right. It's a rough start. Doesn't instill too much confidence in the beginning there. Make it a point to look good yourself and turn down any attention that you might get and focus only on her. Make it like a rom-com intense eyes. You are the most beautiful one here type. I only say this because I get a big self-esteem boost when my boyfriend seems completely uninterested in women. I find infinitely more beautiful than myself and focuses only on me. I mean, yeah, obviously. The last, I mean, I shouldn't say, yeah, obviously, like, pass that comment off. Like, yeah, no, duh, that's fucking obvious. That was, that was bad of me to reply that way. I'm, th- that was obvious to me, but that might not be obvious to everybody. So, great point. If you have a girl that deals with self-esteem issues or is having a little bit of self-confidence probs, the last thing that you should do is mention something to somebody. Mention something about somebody else. Eyes only for her, big dog. Eyes only for her. And you got to do that class like you're watching a movie and Margot Robbie is naked on the screen and she goes, God, she's hot. And you go, you just got to hit her with this. Yeah. But that's it. No engagement. You don't say that "Eh, she's all right. You don't lie. You don't go, "Mm, I don't know about, mm, I guess she's okay. I guess she's kind of all right. You just go, yeah. But no emotion behind it. You don't go, yeah, like that. Because yeah makes it sound like you just finished jacking off thinking about her in the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? Keep it light. Keep it emotionless. And then the last reply to this one is, I'm not a woman, but I'm a photographer who shoots mostly amateur models. That's interesting. Many of them have used it to deal with their self-image issues. If you choose to go this route, choose your photographers wisely. Look at their portfolios and make sure they shoot women with your wife's body type. A good photographer can find and bring out their beauty in anybody, but one who only shoots one type of model often won't do it as well with other types. Talk to models who have shot with the photographer and ask how they felt during... Oh, I get what he's saying. Okay, for a second I was like, what? Go the route of getting her a professional photo shoot where the photographer can just 
glow her the fuck up and make her look badass. I agree 100%. There's a there's a friend of ours who promotes for this boudoir photo shoot company and I was like that's fucking awesome because the thing about the boudoir photo shoot company is like they they don't post, you know, the, only the skinny quote unquote hot girls all over their page. They post all of the women that give consent to be posted and there's some bigger women and I'm sure women that have dealt with self-esteem issues who look like absolute fucking baddies. So I agree with this guy a hundred percent. Give her something to see herself. Oh, that's such good advice. And I didn't even think of it. And I'm mad. I didn't even think of it. Yeah. Get her a professional photo shoot. Dude, that's such a good idea. Do that one. Do that one, dude. Change the way she sees herself by showing her herself. Oh, so smart. So cool. Let's move on to the next one. Scroll. Stop. My friends don't invite me to go out with them. By Raisin Kid. Hmm. Well, self-described Raisin Kid, I probably wouldn't invite you anywhere either. Yesterday, all four of them had a night out together without even telling me. But usually they make their plans in front of me and don't invite me. I asked them once if I can go with them because they were talking about how they were going to go to the gym to play basketball and they just stood there quietly. I've been friends with them for about two months, so not that long, but it's kind of hurtful because it feels like I don't have any friends when they don't invite me. These people are the only guys I talk to in my school. My actual friends live an hour away from me, so I'm always alone on the weekends. Should I stay with these friends? Am I over-exaggerating? Yeah, it kind of sounds like you're the the black sheep, bud. Like in this group, it kind of sounds like you're the odd man out and there's usually one of them in every group where it's kind of mutually uh this is going to be kind of insensitive of a point for me to make but there's like the bottom of the totem pole in terms of the group and you're kind of just like around at that point because they don't want to be mean right but them not wanting to be mean and not being straightforward with you ends up being mean because it turns into resentment and it's just kind of a drag along process it's kind of like when you're in a toxic relationship, but you don't want to break up with them because you're afraid of breaking up with them. And then it just kind of drags out and it's just by the end, it's all poison. It's kind of the same thing with a friend group. If you have a friend group, that's not super inclusive and it's not like bringing you along on stuff like this. It's not real friends, man. I, and it hurts initially and you're going to feel a little bit lonely initially, but you gotta, you can't hold tighter. You can't cling on for dear life and try to be like, no, these are my only friends. If I don't have these guys, I'm going to be all alone. You will be for a little while until you find your actual group of friends. You just got to keep yourself open to that. And don't try to change this group. I feel like also another big thing on dealing with the dynamics of people is the less interest you show in them, the more interest they'll show in you probably. And that's fucked up, but that's the truth. So if you're just kind of apathetic and you don't act like you're feelings are hurt or act like you're heartbroken about the lack of an invite and you just kind of go like whatever and you just also make your own plans on the side to either go hang out with your friends that are an hour away or spend the night gaming with your friends that are an hour away just keeping those relationships and stuff and just being like oh you guys went and play basketball cool i was playing video games with my homies all night so fuck yeah cool um they'll realize like oh he's not trying to just be like a leech onto us and Maybe that'll open the door a little bit slower if you feel like it's necessary to try to really be a part of this friend group. Or I fucking cut my losses and give a big old double middle finger to the entire fucking group and be like, you guys are dicks. Later, Gator. You know? So I hope that helped. Scroll. Stop. This one is by Ferret Math Teacher. Wait. Harriet Math Teacher. That's better. Not great, but better. Should I speak up and get an old lady fired? (laughs) Let's get the tea. I am a new teacher at my school. There is an 80-year-old lady who makes copies for the teachers. She is phenomenal at her job. She has been at the school for a very long time. The the only problem is that she is racist. (laughs) Yeah, she's 80. She only talks to the white teachers. This is a known unspoken fact at the school. I am Asian. When I enter her room to drop off my copies, I thank her and leave. That is the only thing I ever say to her. This past week, my department chair, sort of like my boss, called me. My chair told me to not talk to the old lady unless I am spoken to 
and also not to make eye contact with her. I am mad and sad at the request. Yeah, that's a little fucked up. We'll get into that in a second. Should the chair even have brought this to my attention? I didn't do anything wrong by thanking her when I see her. Should I stay at the school or should I leave? I don't want to fight with an 80-year-old woman. Am I wrong for feeling angry? I tried posting this on the IATA sub, but they removed my post and advised me to post in the advice club. Blah, 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 blah. Semantics towards the end. So, yeah, okay. Now let's start with the initial thing. You have a racist 80-year-old white woman who, well, no, not who. That's the end of the point. You have a racist 80-year-old white woman. Emphasis on the 80. If you think that someone is going to change when they're 80, you're wrong. Like, she's so old. I'm sure her dad had fucking slaves. And that's fucked up, but that's the truth of it. She is a product of her upbringing, and there's no changing the outcome with it. You can't change this old woman's things. Now, if that was it, if she was just like kind of passively rude to everybody who wasn't white and she didn't actually say anything egregious or whatever and everyone else was kind of like uninvolved, I say, let her fucking make your copies and just wait for her to die because it's coming. But then you have a situation where your department chair approached you and told you not to talk to this lady, which leads you to believe that this lady approached him or her, right? The fact that this racist-ass old lady made a complaint about you, and since the department chair just knew she was racist, they said, oh, I don't want to fucking deal with this. We're just going to get everybody else on board that, hey, she's racist. Now, what that does is cause a bleed effect, and it makes the whole vibe feel a little bit fucking racist. Because now, now you have to be avoidant per an instruction. And that's fucked up. So now it's bleeding into the rest of the system. And when it's bleeding into the rest of the system, it's like a snake and you got to cut the head off the snake. I say you shoot the 80-year-old lady. Maybe that's a little drastic. I say, yeah, you try to get the old lady fired. Because here's the deal. She's on her way out of the school and life. So... I say, yeah, 100% fucking try to get her fired. Because fuck that. Everyone's just bitching out to an 80 year old she's frail buckle her knees you know the fact that she's making it a problem for other people based off of her own i only like white people shit yeah fuck that dude buckle her knees there's no room for that type of thing especially in a school so fuck that shit i say yeah 100 percent, get her fired and don't leave don't make it don't work for a different place or go somewhere else because you're af- afraid of confrontation. I say confrontation head the fuck on because fuck that old blue haired bitch. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get you fired the fuck up. I want you to walk into the fucking school, batty the fuck out. You're going to put on some sort of hyper ass professional tracksuit fucking thing. You're going to look tracksuit. I said, I meant like, <laughs> I meant business suit. You're going to put... <laughs> Fuck a tracksuit. <laughs> she just shows up with like fucking gold chain and a New York Yankees jersey. <laughs> fucking headband on. Listen, I digress. You're gonna wear you're gonna batty the fuck up. I want you to wear wear your killing clothes. And if you don't have a killing clothes outfit, you gotta go get a killing clothes outfit. Like for a guy, it's when he suits up. I want you to wear whatever you feel the most fucking badass in. If it's a badass black dress, wear it. If it's a dress suit, Fucking wear it. Whatever you feel the most badass in, you're going to wear it. And then you're going to throw on some sunglasses and some sort of hat that's big and bold and makes a fucking statement. While you're driving to work that day, I just want you to be fucking hyping yourself. No dance moves. No head bobbing. You have your bad bitch face on. Also, I want some dark, bold lipstick on. It's a power statement and it causes intimidation and cucks. You're going to put bold, badass lipstick on, and you're just going to listen to this with no head movement and no emotion, maybe a little side smirk out of the side of your face, and you're just going to go. Gonna fuck your shit. Gonna fuck your shit. Gonna fuck your shit. Gonna knock your bitch. Gonna bang your bitch. Gonna knock your bitch up. Gonna flip that switch. Gonna scratch that itch. Gonna fuck your bitch. And I want you to pull into the parking lot of the school with your windows down, blaring that at max volume, okay? And then I want you to get out. I want you to have some sort of fucking... I just want you to look like a boss bitch. And I want you to walk in, and I want you to hand them a report letter on 
all fucking Greta and why she needs to get fucking fired. And then I want you to take a seat and just assert your fucking dominance and people are going to get uncomfortable. That vice principal with his mustard yellow tie and his button up shirt that doesn't fit with his balding hairline, he's going to be so uncomfortable and I want you to make him sit in it and say, this is what's happening. Look him in the eyes and say, this is my school now. And you get that old racist bitch fired. Boom. That's my advice. All right. So that was episode 37 of Cheer Up Babe, the podcast. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. I know that in the middle there, it felt a little confrontational and I didn't mean it to feel confrontational. I was trying to make a bigger point towards the end. Did you feel it? I hope you felt it. Follow those socials, leave a review, do all the, do all the things that a true OG cub would do. You guys are going to have a great week this week. I feel it. I feel it in my bones. So go out there. Don't be a bummer. Happy Monday. And cheer up, babe.